Well, welcome to Carpool Q&A, where we give you one topic of conversation to get you from point A to point B. We are here today with Tana and Becca, as always. And so um, before, though, before I think Becca is throwing out a topic today, before we get there, uh, you might see, at least with me, um, dark circles under my eyes, and I might look tired. And that's because we are coming off of um, the most, I'll speak for myself, the most fun work thing that I've ever done with uh, Empower to Connect. You've heard us talking for uh, months about an event we were going to have called Investing in Hope. We had um, Nate Bargesi, who is a uh, you know, Grammy-nominated comedian. He hosted SNL recently. He was the game day guest picker. I mean, you name it. He's been everywhere recently. Um, and he came and did um, a private show for us as a fundraiser. And um, we had it at uh, the Peabody Hotel here in Memphis, which is a historic, famous hotel here. And uh, man, I, my heart is full. Like I, I am like, I had a blast that night and my, my old self has not recovered yet. <laughs> it was super fun. Limping along. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun to see the different people. You had people that knew about us and were super invested in our work already. You had people that were, had just kind of heard, wait, you guys are having Nate. Oh, I'll come to that. And then you had people that were kind of um, long time, just supporters and friends. It was fun to like walk around the room and hear the different conversations, the different pieces of what we do that different people know. Um, and then getting to just laugh with everybody and enjoy the evening. It was so fun. And I think sometimes whenever you get into this kind of work, it's so hard. Like it was refreshing to just be able to laugh. And um, really, it felt like a celebration. It felt like a celebration of how far ETC has come. Yeah. Next time. Yes, I just said that, JD. I just like signed us on the dotted line here on next the podcast. Time. I've already got like 20 um, next time, we need some of our podcast listeners to just put it on their calendar, fly on into town, yes. and just for the fun. Um, I, I talked to several of you who are probably listening to this now uh, there at the event, and it was um, it was awesome. It's never not going to be weird for me to just like meet those yeah. of you who listen and like you listen to us and you recognize my voice and I've not met you yet. That's always going to feel kind of weird, like in a, in a good way. Like it's always strange and, and it's always fun to get to like meet you guys. Cause sometimes I think we'll record this <laughs> and at least mentally. Like I know people are listening. We see numbers and stuff, but then oh, we're really kind of talking to each other. Yeah. Just like go about our day and that's, that's totally. it. Um, and so whether it was in Chicago at TBRI, I ran into some of you, um, or yeah. even at the event of the day, uh, it's always fun. And my wife got a kick out of it because she, one of our, one of our close friends, uh, Emily Frazier, if you've seen any photos from the event, Emily's the one that, that took the photos at night and she's a brilliant, brilliant, amazing photographer, but she was pulling up, uh, the other day to a stoplight. She was going to check out the Peabody to make sure she knew kind of what she needed there. And she said, and I heard your voice and I looked over and was like, oh, so I must be talking to him on the phone. And she goes, and then I saw somebody else talking or I heard somebody else talking and I realized they were listening to your podcast. <laughs> and she Stop was like, it. it's over. And I was like, I know him. That <laughs> is so fun. That is wild. It, that's was, wild. it was funny. So that's, that, that's never, I mean, I will never get used to that. That's, that's pretty cool. So um, all that to say, it was super fun getting to meet y'all. And yes, next time we do need our out of town folks to represent and be there so we'll, yeah, we yeah. will be doing it every year I'm, I'm i'm taking you one further time i like this will be All a right. for us um you so make your plans yeah make your plans the but thing i love about it my, my little pitch my little pitch for you to do it like save the date 
is our heart and desire, like literally for our first ever investing in hope and time together that way was for us to have fun and like just show up. I mean, I I don't know how else to say this, but like the empowered to connect way where it was about laughter and friendship and connection and joy and like letting off steam and just building um, that sense of community and fun. So yeah, just not taking ourselves too seriously, like enjoying, enjoying what has been being built and um, yeah, yeah super, super fun and really grateful. I mean, any of you who are listening, who are there um, or who tried to make an effort to be there, I know several of you, you know, shot texts to say you were sick um, day of. And so we just all that. Thank you. It, it was, um, it was a blast and we had, we had the best time. And so you'll be seeing more footage of that coming out um, soon. It's also super fun to meet Nate. And if you're listening to this and you, and you love his comedy, but you kind of wonder like what he's like in real, in real life, I would just say he is like, he is kinder and, and, you know, more fun and just kind of the, the, whatever you hope he is, like he is surpasses it. He was, he was so cool and so great to hang out with. And, um, and so, yeah, he was, he was a blast and that was a blast. We had a great time. Um, and we're tired. So all those things can coexist together. That's right. So we'll see how this little conversation goes. That's right. right. Yeah. Becca, throw it out. Bring it to us. Okay. So the topic that I want us to talk about for just a couple minutes while people are driving is the word disrespect. Oh, oh my gosh. You stole mine. That was going to bring that one up. That Are was you serious, JD? I'm, not, I'm not kidding. That was going to be mine. Okay. Not, not because of personal things at our house ever. Um, so I, yeah, well, that, that is uh man fresh. <laughs> I know we only have a few minutes. So I was wondering if we could talk about why does disrespect fire us up so much as adults and then maybe just a little bit of the nuance about why actually defining it can be kind of tricky and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell a quick story? Oh, go for it. Yeah, of course. Okay. So my life experience, you know, growing up overseas and you have to adapt to norms and like what's respectful. So there, if you walk into someone's house, you have to take off your shoes. It is extremely disrespectful to keep shoes on. Fast forward to uh, guess what you shouldn't do in Tunica, Mississippi? <laughs> you shouldn't take your shoes off in someone's doorway. Just trust me on that. Just oh, keep your goodness. shoes on because that's weird. And that's like too, too, too gross. Then yeah. there's like the yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Culture. So my mom was from the, from lots of places. She moved around a lot. She hated for us to call her ma'am. She would correct us. No, you will not call me that. That makes me feel old do not ever call me a ma'am. So I grew up saying, yeah, yes. Okay. Try that in Memphis, Tennessee (laughs) with the people at the school that I worked at. Try saying, yeah, or saying what? Um, And then all of a sudden that got flipped around to do. So I think, what am I trying to illustrate? Respect is so centered to our culture and to like what we're used to and what we expect that it can be so hard to put a finger on. So I just wanted to kind of toss that to you guys and see what you thought. Well, I'll say something before Tana can share share like the other side of this. Uh, if this is where you're going, Tana, I I will say like it's so much of a shape too by, um, and you you touched on this, Becca, but by your upbringing, yeah, and, and then by your own insecurities and uh, emotions and your own stuff, right? So there are there are things that just as a person I came into parenting with 
that I was insecure about that has very little to do with my kids that might not even come off as disrespectful to other parents or other other people that my kids will do. And it just lights me up. And hopefully that list is dwindling. Hopefully there are things that used to light me up that I can now kind of put in proper context. But, um, and I, I want to be careful not to use examples because, you know, what we are not saying in this conversation is that nothing's disrespectful and your kids have license to say whatever they want, whenever they want to you in whatever manner they choose to without any kind of like pushback or correction. Um, we're not saying that. And, and hopefully that's obvious, but um, you know, there would be things like um, dad, why, why don't you do that? Can you do that instead? And they're like me, I, I asked you to do that. Why are you asking me to do? And it, picks at this uh this like narrative in our house growing up that a lot of times my dad would uh point out you know oh well when it's time to work outside you and your brother always pop inside don't want to do anything whatever and it was always just a good natured kind of ribbing but it was there was this like tie to that as an adult that is my kid trying to call me lazy right now while I'm freaking working to keep oh. this entire house up and running? And he he thinks that I should go do this for him. Like, well, all, so then I run into, if I just do everything for him, they are going to grow up to be spoiled, lazy, entitled brats. And all it was, was I got a way to blanket on me. You're, you're just sitting right there. Can you get that for me instead? So that kind of thing would light me up. And without me thinking about it, I'm like, how dare you disrespect me? You do this yourself, whatever. And so now hopefully where my brain is kind of allowing me to go is to then do my, my own homework. And if something fires me up like that and, uh, and it doesn't catch a lot of times, Elizabeth will, will look over and kind of make a face like, whoa, okay. So where'd this come from? You know, uh, but if that doesn't happen, I've got to do my own homework to go. Am I, am I right on this? Like, was that disrespectful? Cause here's what that triggered in me. And sometimes I do that math internally and I realize, oh, that's actually not their fault at all. That was something that I brought into this like out of context. And so Tana, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Like, where do you go? I appreciated you going straight personal. That's where I went because I yeah. think it, really your only lens is to like, think about your own personal journey with this word respect and this feeling of respect or disrespect. So um, my first thought, I, this might be one I wish I had a little more time to process. So it's kind of fun just like having to, to like say it. Off right the path. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I totally went back to myself and I grew up in a really laid back family. You know, I'm from Texas and we were just very sort of easygoing. And there was a lot of like, um, I don't know how else to say like a lot of room for children to be kids. Like there was just room and it was easy to just be, there was, yeah, just accepted and that kind of thing. So I don't remember respect being something that was like demanded. And I say that in air quotes, like maybe, yeah. maybe there was this sort of Texas hospitality thing that we just did because it was cultural. I don't, I wouldn't even know it because it was my culture. So I don't see it, you know? Um, but then I went into like a more conservative environment where I was like mentored that children should respect their parents. Mm -hmm. So through the season of early parenting, I was actually working against my own natural wiring. Yeah, And so like asking for, demanding, expecting this sort of 
cultural layer of respect wasn't actually organically and naturally me. It was put on because I adopted the narrative and the culture around me to say children should say these things or they are not respectful. So as I was navigating those early years of parenting and sort of expecting this more formal expression of respect, it didn't even feel natural to me. Mm -hmm. So I, it wasn't hard for me to let it go, you know, and that's just because that's just me in my own house. Yeah. But I think it, I think JD, you have like, I was bringing my own stuff and I'm saying like, I was pretty laid back about it, trying to adapt to a different culture. Yeah. It wasn't really fitting. So I just sort of let it go and kind of haven't looked back. Um, so I think we're all bringing something here mm-hmm. and it's relative, isn't it? Like, maybe that's the the crux of your question, Becca is like, how yeah. do we navigate like this connected parenting thing as it dances with this idea of respect while bringing culture into that conversation and our, and ourselves. Mm-hmm. And maybe too, just thinking about you guys, as you talk, I think, why why do we have strong emotional reactions as adults i think respect can't really be unentangled from the idea of like obedience or authority yeah. or discipline or um you could say manners if you're in that or you could say courtesy or you could say yeah. like there's a lot of other things that get all kind of jumbled up together and so in the moment i feel like i hear a lot when we, when we walk with families or in my own family, I hear the word disrespect being thrown out a lot. It's almost a catch-all for any of those other things I just mentioned. It's almost this catch-all word that carries the weight of all. So if there, anything doesn't fall in line with any of those things, whatever your perception of what that should be. Yes. In your context. So it's just really, I think we can miss each other because we can be bringing our own lens, just like y'all said, into an interaction maybe it's someone else's kid and you're like oh my goodness that kid just called me by my first name how disrespectful right when I was growing up we made fun of kids who said Mr. JD or Miss Tana because it was so outside of our norm we made fun of them that was so weird and now living in the south I would never say JD or like I would never expect a kid to not say Mr. JD Miss Tana. Yeah. I know I keep using similar examples, but I just think there's so much weight wrapped up in that one little word and y'all are illustrating how it's so personal. It might be helpful to, to throw some loose parameters around what we feel like disrespect might be, but it is important. Like you said, Becca, like some of it is contextualized, right? There are going to be things that, uh, that our kids have to learn to code switch in, um, and they're going to have to learn contextually. Like they're going to have to learn how to contextualize. Okay. Where am I? Is this, does this fly here just to be funny about it? Like there are places you can't fart <laughs> or yeah. burp. Right. Right. Yeah. Places where you can't make a crass, you know, a crass joke, but like there are places you can't like toilet humor is not acceptable. There are other places where um, it, it, it probably is more endearing. Right. So like we, to, to go more seriously, like one of the things that we battle in our house, like two of our kids are African-American to our kids are white. And as our, as our oldest, who's African-American gets to be taller and bigger and, um, and just moving into adulthood, um, 
what comes with that specifically in our context are some unique challenges when it comes to authority and responding to authority. And we have to prepare him to code switch and to contextualize really quickly because in certain settings, the looseness he has with us and the voice he has with us, the freedom he has to push back. And, and obviously we're trying to teach him how to do that in a way that, that is going to be kind of a kind and a, um, and a respectful way. But, there are settings for him where that pushback is not acceptable and could, couldn't threaten his life. Right. So it's cruel and that's unusual. And that's not a, that's not a fair thing that he is having to learn, um, but it's a reality for us. And so what I would encourage you to do as parents, as you're thinking about this, like, um, and, and this wades into what will take us out of a carpool Q and a length podcast, but yeah. Yeah. What I would encourage you to do is you you have to, like Dr. McKinney share with us um, on episode two of our podcast way back in the day, you have to be able to look at your kids the way that the community will and prepare them accordingly, right? So in your house, yes, you are, you know, your kids are yours and, and the different contexts that might fit culturally in your home, obviously you're you're creating a safe space there that does not mean that safety travels with them. And so this is one thing that can be really um, challenging as a parent. Uh, and so again, without opening that yeah. camera completely, I would just say that is one of the, yeah. the unique challenges in this conversation. JD, you said a word that might be sort of my little closing thought here. Um, and it's code switch because I think my, illust- even my personal illustration of what I did is I code switch to my environment. I'm like, that wasn't my natural growing up, but I assessed my surroundings and I was attempting to modify. Um, and I think when, when I think about parenting and, and thinking about our kiddos, this is such an interesting conversation. I literally was on the phone with one of my dearest friends earlier, and we were talking about how to support our children to like function in society and even understand like what are societal norms without shaming their individuality or their expression. It's tricky. So we were sort of lamenting with each other that we don't really know the pathway forward, but we're trying to show up. And I think maybe my takeaway would be think about what, what is it bringing up in you? Like what's your own relationship with respect? What are you bringing to the table? What is your cultural context in that society's relationship with respect? And then what might your child need a very safe place to be scaffolded and supported? And that's what you're hinting at JD is like, how do you, how do you teach a child that might not have the, the nuances to even understand it on their own? You said that funny thing, like, well, you you can't fart everywhere. Like, (laughs) right. You can't assume a child would know that. Totally. Like, how do we support being like, Hey, that's maybe not a societal acceptable thing to fart. Like, I don't know, is your shopping at target really loud? It's like just teaching those. Quietly, yes, of course. To your, to loud, your no. to, to, right. JD just silent, but deadly, but don't make a loud one. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm you're, you're hitting on it, Becca. Like it's a big, huge bucket because that's about manners. So how do we stay connected, support our children? Because we do want them to be able to function in our cultural context and have, you know, been taught, supported to be able to discern code switch, if you will, when yeah. you can do something and when you can't, yeah. um, and it may not come natural, maybe would be my, my closing thought. They may need a little extra talking it through. Yeah. I think my closing thought is just don't assume that your definition of disrespect is everyone's. I'm on now. 
and just be willing to notice when you feel that like that's so disrespectful like rising up in your chest just notice it pay attention to it and um you know if you came to this carpool q a hoping for an answer to how to make my kid show respect that's not what this is for but Maybe what I want to say in closing is just be willing to um, check your definition and be willing to um, maybe even change your response. So what I will say is maybe instead of that so disrespectful, maybe you can be a little bit more descriptive. Um, what is it that you're wanting the kid to do in that situation? What is it that you're hoping for? And like Tana said, how do we scaffold them to get there? Yeah, my, my closing thought would just be... Um, have a phrase like you just touched on it. Have a phrase or or a really simple non-combative statement that's made in those settings. Um, for us, it's like we have phrases like "This is a home conversation." Hey, this is a home conversation, not a school oh, like conversation, not a public conversation. Or, um, you know, if there is a loud fart at home, it's we can all laugh and go, "Hey, remember, obviously that's cool here, but." You can't be doing that in public and just ripping out and, you know, and, and uh, ruining people's days like that. Cause some people don't like that. So just have some, have some little phrases that you can playfully kind of use, but just your, your building into your kid's framework. Oh yeah. Sometimes like not everything is appropriate in every situation at every moment. Right. So um, that, yeah, that'd be that. And then I would just say, be cool, <laughs> be cool and, and be, be as slow as you can to react, especially with, uh, kids who have to exist in a lot of different circles, right? Yeah. Uh, because uh, last closing thought, one of my uh, mentors for years uh, taught me how to think about this thing. It, when you're working interculturally, thinking about was something right, wrong, or different. And so before I attempt to correct somebody um, in something that, that I don't understand why they did, or I, I thought something was disrespectful, or whatever, I need to run through my own filter and go, well, was that wrong or is that just different? Is that something that is a fundamental kind of universal right wrong issue or was this something that was just different than what I'm used to? And I can get more curious and ask questions about it as opposed to coming the front door, you know, pushing up and, and correcting against it. So um, those are my closing thoughts. Um, every week we're going to bring you this on Friday. Um, most of them will not be this long, but some of them will be. You know what? Who, who knows? Uh, but for Becca and for Tana, uh, I'm JD, and we'll see you next week on Carpool Q&A.